Section 22 of Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Celebrated Travels and Travelers, Volume 1. Exploration of the World by Jules Verne. First Part, Chapter 8, Part 2. After having wintered at Mozambique, Dacuna landed three ambassadors at Melinda, who were to reach Abyssinia by travelling overland. Then he anchored at Brava, which Coutinho, one of his lieutenants, had been unable to subjugate. The Portuguese now laid siege to this town, which resisted bravely, but which yielded in the end, thanks to the courage of the enemy and the perfection of their arms. The population was massacred without mercy, and the town pillaged and burnt. Upon Magadoxo, another town in the African coast, Cunha tried but in vain to impose his authority. The strength of the town and the stubborn resolution shown in the numerous population, as well as the approach of winter, forced him to raise the siege. He then turned his arms against Socotra, at the entrance to the Gulf of Aden, where he carried the fortress. The whole of the garrison were put to the sword, the only man spared being an old, blind soldier who was discovered hidden in a well. When asked how he had been able to get down there, he answered, The blind only see the road which leads to liberty. At Socotra, the two Portuguese chiefs constructed the fort of Coco, intended by Albuquerque to command the Gulf of Aden and the Red Sea, by the Strait of Bab el Mandeb, thus cutting one of the lines of communication with the Indies, which was the most used by the Venetians. Here Dacuna and Albuquerque separated, the former going to India to obtain a cargo of spices, the latter officially invested with the title of Capitam Moor, and bent on the realization of his vast schemes setting out on the 10th of August, 1507, for Ormuz, having left his nephew, Alfonso de Norona, in charge of the new fortress. He took in succession, and as if to get his hand in for the work, Calayate, where were found immense stores, Curati and Mascati, which he gave up to pillage, fire, and destruction, in order to avenge a series of acts of treachery, easily understood by those who know the duplicity of these eastern people. The success which he had just gained at Mascati, important as it was, did not content Albuquerque. He dreamed of other and grander projects, of which the execution was, however, much compromised by the jealousy of the captains under his orders, and notably of Howe de Nova, who contemplated abandoning his chief, and whom Albuquerque was obliged to place under arrest on board his own ship. After having suppressed these beginnings of disobedience and rebellion, the Capitan Moore reached Orfacati, which was taken after a vigorous resistance. It is a curious fact that Albuquerque had long heard or news spoken of, but that as yet he was ignorant of its position. He knew that this town served as an entrepot for all the merchandise passing from Asia into Europe. Its riches and power, the number of its inhabitants, and the beauty of its monuments were at that time celebrated throughout the East, so much so that there was a common saying, if the world be a ring, or moves as the precious stone set in it. Albuquerque had resolved to take this town, not only because in itself it was a prize worth having, but also because it commanded the whole of the Persian Gulf, which was the second of the great commercial roads between the east and west. Without saying anything to the captains of his fleet, who, without doubt, would have rebelled at the idea of attacking so strong a town, and the capital of a powerful empire, Albuquerque gave orders to double Cape Musindam, and the fleet soon entered the Strait of Ormuz, the door of the Persian Gulf, 
from whence was seen rising in all its magnificence a busy town built upon a rocky island provided with formidable artillery and protected by an army amounting to not less than from fifteen to twenty thousand men while its harbour enclosed a fleet more numerous than could have been suspected at first sight at this sight the captains made urgent representations upon the danger that albuquerque would run in attacking so well prepared a town and made the most of the plea how very bad an influence a reverse would exercise to this discourse albuquerque answered that indeed it was a very great affair but that it was too late to draw back and that he had greater need of determination than of good advice scarcely was the anchor dropped before albuquerque declared his ultimatum although the forces under his orders were very disproportionate in numbers the capitam more imperiously demanded that ormuz should recognize the suzerainty of the king of portugal and submit to his envoy if it did not wish to share the same fate as mascati the king saif ed-din who was then reigning over ormuz was still a child and his prime minister koja atar a skilful and cunning diplomatist governed in the king's name without denying in principle the pretensions of albuquerque the prime minister wished to gain time to allow contingents to arrive for the help of the capital but the admiral who guessed his object did not hesitate after waiting three days to attack the formidable fleet at anchor under the guns of ormuz with his five vessels and the flor de la mar the finest and largest ship of that time the combat was bloody and long undecided but when they saw fortune was against them the moors abandoning their vessels endeavoured to swim on shore the portuguese upon this jumped into their boats pursuing the moors vigorously and causing horrible carnage albuquerque next directed his efforts against a large wooden jetty defended by numerous guns and by archers whose well-aimed arrows wounded a number of the portuguese and the general himself who however was not hindered thereby from landing and proceeding to burn the suburbs of the town convinced that resistance would soon be impossible and that their capital was in danger of being destroyed the moors hoisted a flag of truce and signed a treaty by which saif ed-din declared himself the vassal of king emmanuel promised to pay him an annual tribute of fifteen thousand seraphines or xaraphines and gave to the conquerors a site for a fortress which in spite of the repugnance and reproaches of the portuguese captains was soon put into a condition of resistance unfortunately some deserters quickly brought these unworthy dissensions to the knowledge of koja atar who profited by them to avoid under various pretexts fulfilling the execution of the articles of the new treaty some days afterward Pau de nova and two other captains jealous of the successes of albuquerque and trampling in the dust every sentiment of honour discipline and patriotism left him to go to the indies while albuquerque was obliged by this cowardly desertion to withdraw without being able even to guard the fortress which he had been at so much pains to construct he went to socotra where the garrison was in need of help and then returned to cruise before omruz but thinking himself too weak to undertake anything he retired for a time to goa arriving there at the end of the year fifteen o eight what had been occurring on the malabar coast during this long and adventurous campaign the answer may be summed up in a few lines it will be remembered that almeida had set out from belem in fifteen o five with a fleet of twenty-two sail carrying soldiers to the number of fifteen hundred men first he seized quiloa then mombaz of which the cavaliers as the inhabitants loved to repeat did not yield as easily as the chicken hearts of quiloa 
out of the enormous booty which by the fall of this town fell into the hands of the portuguese almeida took only one arrow as his share of the spoil thus giving a rare example of disinterestedness after having stopped at melinda he went on to coquin where he delivered to the rajah the golden crown sent to him by emmanuel whilst he himself with the presumptuous vanity of which he gave so many proofs assumed the title of viceroy then after commencing a fortress at sofala destined to overawe the mussulmen of that coast almeida and his son lorenzo scoured the indian seas destroying the malabar fleets capturing some trading vessels and causing great injury to the enemy whose accustomed commercial roads were thus intercepted but for this cruising warfare a numerous fleet of light vessels was needed for there was scarcely any other harbour of refuge except coquin upon the asiatic coast how preferable was albuquerque's system of establishing himself in the country in a permanent manner by constructing fortresses in all directions by seizing upon the most powerful cities whence it was easy to branch off into the interior of the country by rendering himself master of the keys of the straits and thus ensuring with much less risk and more solidity the monopoly of the indian commerce meantime the victories of almeida and the conquests of albuquerque had much disquieted the sultan of egypt the abandonment of the alexandrian route caused great diminution in the amounts of imposts and dues of customs anchorage and transit which were laid upon the merchandise of asia as it passed through his states therefore with the help of the venetians who furnished him with the wood for shipbuilding as well as with skilful sailors he fitted out a squadron of twelve large ships which came as far as coquin seeking the fleet of lorenzo d'almeida and defeating it in a bloody combat in which lorenzo was killed if the sorrow of the viceroy were great at this sad news at least he did not let it appear outwardly but set to work to make all preparations for taking prompt vengeance upon the rumis an appellation which shows the lasting terror attached to the name of the romans and commonly used at this time upon the malabar coast for all the mussulman soldiers coming from byzantium with nineteen sail almeida appeared before the fort where his son had been killed and gained a great victory but one sullied it must be confessed by most frightful cruelties so much so that it soon became a common saying may the anger of the franks fall upon thee as it fell upon dabul not content with this first success almeida some weeks later annihilated the combined forces of the sultan of egypt and the rajah of calicut before dieu this victory made a profound impression in india and put an end to the power of the mahumetists of egypt how de nova and the other captains who had abandoned albuquerque before ormuse had decided to rejoin almeida they had excused their disobedience by calumnies in consequence of which a judicial process was about to be instituted against albuquerque when the viceroy received the news of his being replaced in his office by albuquerque at first almeida declared that obedience must be rendered to this sovereign decree but afterward influenced by the traitors who feared that they would be severely punished when the power had passed into the hands of albuquerque he repaired to coquin in the month of march fifteen o nine with the fixed determination not to give up command to his successor there were disagreeable and painful disputes between these two great men in which all the wrong done was on the side of almeida albuquerque was about to be sent to lisbon with chains on his feet when a fleet of fifteen sail entered the harbour under the command of the grand marshal of portugal ferdinand cotino the latter took the part of the prisoner whom he immediately released notifying again to almeida the powers held by albuquerque from the king and threatening him with the great anger of emmanuel if he refused to obey 
almeida could do nothing but yield and he then did it nobly as for how Denova, the author of these sad misunderstandings he died some time afterward forsaken by everybody and had scarcely any one to follow him to the grave except the new viceroy who thus generously forgot the injuries done to alfonso albuquerque immediately after the departure of almeida the grand marshal coutinho declared that having come to india with the intention of destroying calicut he intended to turn to account the absence of the zamorin from his capital in vain the new viceroy endeavoured to modify his zeal and induce him to take the wise measures recommended by experience coutinho would listen to nothing and albuquerque was obliged to follow him calicut taken by surprise was easily set on fire but the portuguese having lingered to pillage the zamorin's palace were fiercely attacked in the rear by the nares who had succeeded in rallying their troops coutinho whose impetuous valour led him into the greatest danger was killed and it required all the skill and coolness of the viceroy to effect a re-embarkation of the troops under the enemy's fire and to preserve the soldiers of the king of portugal from total destruction on his return to Sintagara, a seaport which was a dependency of the king of narsinga with whom the portuguese had been able to form an alliance albuquerque learnt that goa the capital of a powerful kingdom was a prey to political and religious anarchy several chiefs were contending there for power one of them melek Sufergugi, was just on the point of seizing the throne and it was important to profit by the circumstances of the moment and attack the town before he should have been able to gather a force capable of resisting the portuguese the viceroy perceived all the importance of this council the situation of goa giving access as it did to the kingdom of narsinga and to the deccan had already struck him forcibly he did not delay and soon the portuguese reckoned one conquest more goa the golden a cosmopolitan town where were mingled with all the various sects of islam parsees the worshippers of fire and even some christians submitted to albuquerque and soon became under a wise and strict government which understood how to conciliate the sympathies of opposing sects the capital the chief fortress and the principal seat of trade of the portuguese empire of the indies by degrees and with the course of years the knowledge of these rich countries had increased much information had been gathered together by all those who had ploughed these sunny seas in their gallant vessels and it was now known what was the centre of production of those spices which people went so far to seek and for whose acquisition they encountered so many perils it was already several years since almeida had founded the first portuguese factories in ceylon the ancient taprobane the islands of sunda and the peninsula of malacca were now exciting the desires of king emmanuel who had already been surnamed the fortunate he resolved to send a fleet to explore them for albuquerque had enough to do in india to restrain the trembling rajahs and the mussulmen moors as they were then called who were always ready to shake off the yoke this new expedition was under the command of diego lopez sequiera and according to the traditional policy of the moors was at first amicably received at malacca but when the suspicions of lopez sequiera had been lulled to sleep by reiterated protestations of alliance the whole population suddenly rose against him and he was forced to return on board but not without leaving thirty of his companions in the hands of the malays these events had already happened some time when the news of the taking of goa arrived at malacca the bandara or minister of justice who exercised regal power in the name of his nephew who was still a child fearing the vengeance which the portuguese would doubtless exact for his treachery resolved to pacify them 
he went to visit his prisoners excused himself to them by swearing that all had been done unknown to him and against his will for he desired nothing so much as to see the portuguese establish themselves in malacca also he was about to order the authors of the treason to be sought and punished the prisoners naturally gave no credence to these lying declarations but profiting by the comparative liberty which was henceforth granted to them they cleverly succeeded in conveying to albuquerque some valuable information upon the position and strength of the town albuquerque with much trouble collected a fleet of nineteen men of war carrying fourteen hundred men amongst whom there were only eight hundred portuguese this being the case ought he to venture in obedience to the wish of king emmanuel to steer for aden the king of the red sea which was important to master in preparation for opposing the passage of a new squadron which the sultan of egypt was intending to send to india albuquerque hesitated when a change in the trade winds occurred which put an end to his irresolution in fact it was impossible to reach aden in the teeth of the prevailing wind while it was favourable for a descent upon malacca this town at that time in its full splendour did not contain less than one hundred thousand inhabitants if many of the houses were built of wood and roofed with the leaves of palm trees yet they were equalled in number by the more important buildings such as mosques and towers built of stone which stretched out in a long panorama for the distance of three miles the ships of india china and of the malay kingdoms of the sunda islands met in its harbour where numerous vessels coming from the malabar coast the persian gulf the red sea and the coast of africa traded in merchandise of all kinds and of every country when the rajah of malacca saw the portuguese fleet arrive in his waters he felt that it was necessary to appear to give satisfaction to the foreigners by sacrificing the minister who had excited their anger and caused their arrival his ambassador therefore came to the viceroy to announce the death of the bandara and to find out what were the intentions of the portuguese albuquerque answered by demanding the prisoners who had remained in the hands of the rajah but the latter desirous of gaining time to allow for the expected change in the trade wind a change which would force the portuguese to regain the malabar coast or else would oblige them to remain at malacca where he hoped to be able to exterminate them invented a thousand pretexts for delay and in the meantime according to the old narratives he prepared a battery of eight thousand cannon and collected troops to the number of twenty thousand at length albuquerque lost his patience and ordered some houses and several gujarat vessels to be set on fire a beginning of execution which speedily brought about the restoration of the prisoners he then claimed twenty thousand crusades as indemnity for the damage caused to the fleet of lopez siquiera and finally he demanded to be allowed to build a fortress within the town itself which should also serve as a counting-house for the merchants this demand could not be complied with as albuquerque well knew but upon the refusal he resolved to seize the town fixing upon st james day for the attack the town was taken quarter by quarter house by house after a truly heroic struggle and a most vigorous defence which lasted for nine whole days notwithstanding the employment of extraordinary devices such as elephants of war poisoned sabres and arrows barricades and skilfully concealed troops an enormous booty was divided among the soldiers albuquerque only reserving to himself six lions of gold according to some accounts of iron according to others which he intended for the adornment of his tomb to perpetuate the memory of his victory the door which gave access to oceania and to upper asia was henceforth open many nations unknown till this time would now have intercourse with the europeans 
the strange manners and fabulous history of many people were about to be disclosed to the astonished west a new era had commenced and these great results were due to the unbridled audacity and indomitable courage of a nation whose country was scarcely discernible upon the map of the world it was in part owing to the religious toleration which albuquerque displayed a toleration which contrasts strangely with the cruel fanaticism of the spaniards and in part to the skilful measures which he took that the prosperity of malacca resisted the rude shock which it had received in the course of a few months no trace remained of the trials which the town had experienced except the sight of the portuguese banner floating proudly over this great city which had now become the head and vanguard of the colonial empire of this people small in numbers but rendered great by their courage and their spirit of enterprise great and wonderful as this new conquest might be it had not made albuquerque forget his former projects if he had appeared to have renounced them it was only because circumstances had not hitherto seemed favourable for their execution with that tenacity of determination which formed the basis of his character while still at the southern extremity of the empire which he was founding his thoughts were fixed upon the northern part of it upon ormuz which the jealousy and treachery of his subordinates had obliged him to abandon at the beginning of his career at the very moment when success was about to crown his persevering efforts it was ormuz which tempted him still the fame of his exploits and the terror inspired by his name had decided koja atar to make some advances to albuquerque to ask for a treaty and to send the arrears of the tribute which had been formerly imposed although the viceroy placed no belief on these repeated declarations of friendship on that moorish faith which deserves to be as notorious as punic faith he nevertheless welcomed them whilst waiting for the power to establish his dominion after a permanent manner in these countries in fifteen thirteen or fifteen fourteen the exact date is not ascertained when his fleet and soldiers were set at liberty by the conquest of malacca and the tranquillity of his other possessions albuquerque set sail for the persian gulf immediately upon his arrival although a series of revolutions had changed the government of ormuz and the power was then in the hands of a usurper named rais nordim or nureddin albuquerque demanded that the fortress which had been formerly begun should be immediately placed in his hands after having had it repaired and finished he took part against the pretender rais named in the quarrel which was then dividing the town of ormuz and preparing it to fall under the dominion of persia he seized upon the town and bestowed it upon the aspirant who had accepted his conditions beforehand and who appeared to albuquerque to present the most solid guarantees of submission and fidelity besides it would not be difficult in the future to make certain for albuquerque left in the new fortress a garrison perfectly able to bring rais nordim to repentance for the slightest attempt at revolt or the least desire of independence a well-known anecdote is related of this expedition to ormuz but one which even from its notoriety we should be blamed for omitting when the king of persia sent to nureddin to demand the tribute which the sovereigns of ormuz had been in the habit of paying to him albuquerque gave orders that a quantity of bullets cannon-balls and shells should be brought from his ships and showing them to the ambassadors he told them such was the coin in which the king of portugal was accustomed to pay tribute it does not appear that the persian ambassadors repeated their demand with his usual wisdom the viceroy did not wound the feelings of the inhabitants who speedily returned to the town far from squeezing all he could from them as his successors were destined soon to do he established an upright system of government which caused the portuguese name to be loved and respected 
at the same time that he was himself accomplishing these marvellous labours albuquerque had desired some of his lieutenants to explore the unknown regions to which access had been given by the taking of malacca for this purpose he gave to antonio and francisco de bro the command of a small squadron carrying two hundred twenty men with which they explored the whole of the sunda archipelago sumatra java anjoam simbala jolor galam etc then being not far from the coast of australia they sailed back again to the north and arrived in the islands of buro and amboyna which form part of the maluka group after having made a voyage of more than fifteen hundred miles amongst dangerous archipelagos strewn with rocks and coral reefs and amid populations often hostile and after loading their ships there with cloves nutmegs sandalwood mace and pearls they set sail for malacca in fifteen twelve this time the veritable land of spices had been reached it now only remained to found establishments there and to take possession of it definitely which was not likely to be long postponed it has been often remarked that the tarpeian rock is not far from the capital of this albuquerque was destined to make experience and his last days were to be saddened by unmerited disgrace the result of calumnies and lies and of a skilfully woven plot which although it succeeded in temporarily clouding his reputation with king emmanuel has not availed to obscure the glory of this great man in the eyes of posterity already there had been an effort made to persuade the king that the taking possession of goa had been a grave error its unhealthy climate must it was said decimate the european population in a short time but the king with perfect confidence in the experience and prudence of his lieutenant had refused to listen to his enemies for which albuquerque had publicly thanked him saying i think more is owing to king emmanuel for having defended goa against the portuguese than to myself for having twice conquered it but in fifteen fourteen albuquerque had asked the king to bestow upon him as a reward for his services the title of the duke of goa and it was this imprudent step which gave an advantage to his adversaries suarez d'albergavia and diogo mendez whom albuquerque had sent as prisoners to portugal after they had publicly declared themselves as enemies had succeeded not only in clearing themselves from the accusation brought against them by the viceroy but in persuading emmanuel that he wished to constitute an independent duchy of which goa should be the capital and they ended by obtaining his disgrace the news of the appointment of albergavia to the post of captain-general of coquin reached albuquerque as he was issuing from the strait of ormuz on his return to the malabar coast and at a time when he was suffering much from disease he raised his hands toward heaven says m f dennis in his excellent history of portugal and pronounced these few words behold i am in disgrace with the king on account of my love to men and with men on account of my love to the king turn thee old man to the church and prepare to die for it behooves thine honour that thou shouldest die and never hast thou neglected to do aught which thine honour demands whereupon being arrived in the roadstead of goa alfonso albuquerque set in order the affairs of his conscience with the church caused himself to be clad in the dress of the order of st iago of which he was a commander and then on sunday the sixteenth of december an hour before daybreak he rendered up his soul to god thus ended all his labours without their ever having brought him any satisfaction albuquerque was buried with great pomp the soldiers who had been the faithful companions of his wonderful adventures and the witnesses of his manifold tribulations disputed amidst their tears for the honour of carrying his remains to their last resting-place which their commander had himself chosen the hindus in their grief refused to believe that he was dead declaring that he was gone to command the armies of the sky 
a letter of king emmanuel has been comparatively lately discovered which proves that although he was deceived for a time by the false reports of the enemies of albuquerque he soon discovered his mistake and rendered him full and entire justice unfortunately this letter of reparation never reached the unfortunate second viceroy of the indies it would have sweetened his last moments whereas he had the pain of dying in the belief that the sovereign for whose glory and the increase of whose power he had consecrated his life had in the end proved ungrateful toward him with albuquerque says michelet all humanity and all justice disappeared from amongst the conquerors long years after his death the indians would repair to the tomb of the great albuquerque to demand justice of him against the oppressions of his successors many causes may be adduced as bringing about the rapid decay and dismemberment of that great colonial empire with which albuquerque had enriched his country and which even amidst its ruins has left ineffable traces upon india with michelet we may cite the distance and dispersion of the various factories the smallness of the population of portugal but little suited to the wide extension of her establishments the love of brigandage and the exactions of a bad government but beyond all that indomitable national pride which forbade any mingling of the victors with the vanquished the fall of the colonial empire was hindered for a time by the influence of two heroic men the first was juan de castro who after having had the control of untold riches remained so poor that he had not even the wherewithal to buy a fowl in his last illness and the second ataid who once again gave the corrupt eastern populations an example of the most manly virtues and of the most upright administration but after their time the empire began to drop to pieces and fell by degrees into the hands of the spaniards and the dutch who in their turn were unable to preserve it intact all passes away all is changed what can be said but to repeat the spanish saw in applying it to the case of empires life is but a dream end of the first part end of first part chapter eight part two b